Sacred Cows, uh, episode five. It's upon us, and it is Lollapalooza weekend. And um, you know, being in Chicago uh, and Lollapalooza being in Chicago, um, I entered a contest to win tickets to Lollapalooza, and uh, lo and behold, I I actually won. And uh, you know, being a budding, would that be? Fair um, music critic, uh, I decided to uh, sell my tickets uh, because I, I just uh, you know I thought I'd I'd keep the other part of my prize, which was the um, a three night stay at the Hyatt Regency somewhere you know I normally probably wouldn't be able to afford, and uh, you know. Oh, by the way, uh, I, I won through the con the contest was uh, through the website Do Three One Two, so big kudos to them, uh, thank yous, um, and the Hyatt themselves have actually been vending kind of well. They've they've been quite uh, hospitalitous. I don't know. They have brought much in the way of hospitality. Um, I mean, I got it. I got in yesterday, tried to check in at, you know, I tried to check in at, you know, noon, even though check-ins aren't until 3 o'clock, and then, um, I, uh, I come to, I finally get to my room, and there is a little, there's a little bag here, and it's filled with Hershey chocolates, uh, a special K bar, some mints, whole lot of Hall's cough drops, and, uh, and, and a lot of band-aids, and a, and a Rockstar energy drink. I don't know if they thought I was going to have some sort of crazy sadomasochistic uh, marathon with horrors or something, but, uh, who also, you know, need fresh breath, and we're going to have sore throats for some reason, uh, but uh, hey, you know I, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll take it. It's just a, just an awfully weird combination of stuff. Uh, I went to this pizza place that a friend of mine of, uh, a friend of mine and his wife have been telling me to go to for quite some time called Paisanos, and sadly. I feel like it was exactly the same as the Lou Malnati chain, only I paid at least you know seven more dollars. Um, and as I came back, there was you know, there there was uh, somebody from room service bringing me free beer. I'm like, wow, I can't even I don't I'm not even back in my room yet with my pizza, and there's free beer. So you know, big kudos to the Hyatt Regency. Can't guarantee everybody's going to have that kind of experience going there. They, I think they're fishing for compliments. But uh, you know, they'll probably get them because this is actually you know, you know pretty pretty nice. Um, so why would uh somebody who you know, I don't know that I want to be a music critic, you know, as my primary job or whatever. It's a it's a hobby that I get paid a, you know, I don't know how much you consider a pittance, but I'm pretty sure this is less. Um, so why not go? 
And well, that brings us to the um, the segment I wanted to start. Since you may have noticed, there has been one voice talking, so there is no uh, co-host this week. It's just me, Dave. Everybody knows me. You know, well, if you listen to this show anyway. Um, so I, uh, you know, I asked, you know, I solicited questions and only one person actually bothered to come up with any questions but they gave me three good ones and uh, these are from uh, from Gigi the, uh, she is the author of the liter- the literary blog uh, generation G books wordpress.com so it's really funny she, uh, she's she's pretty irreverent and says exactly what she thinks of books. Uh, she works in a bookstore, so she gets, you know, a lot of advanced copies and stuff, and, you know, she gives her honest opinion, and sometimes it's not so appreciated by publishers and authors, and those are uh, more the kind of stories that she mentions on, in the, in, uh, on the blog. So, uh, one of her questions was, what, what do you really think of music festivals? Good or a waste of money? <sighs> well, I realize that's not for me. I don't particularly care for sitting out in the blistering heat for, you know, seven to ten hours. Or, I mean, you even when the sun sets, eventually it's still hot and and irritating. So I find that I'm already in a bad frame of mind for even listening for the music. Um, I mean, I've seen some decent lineups. Uh, I saw Lollapalooza actually se- uh, seven years ago when it when uh, after its one year hiatus when it. It came to Chicago for the first time, you know, just as being, you know, a sing a single event, and yeah, you know, I saw Primus, uh, Billy Idol, Liz Fair, Cake. Um, it, I mean, it was a pretty good lineup, and uh, but I just remember even then, I'm like, because it had rained and then it went super hot and my back hurt from all, you know, I had hurt my back, so I get a when things get you know, weird like that weather-wise, I, uh, you know, my back starts to hurt. So again, not in the best frame of mind. Um, but, you know, and, uh, the, was it the last, yeah, the last, the last act I'd actually stayed for that day because the main headliner was Weezer, and <laughs> F that. Um, I, uh, it, it was the Pixies, and, you know, I, I I have this theory that, um, I mean, I, I had tried to listen to, to Surfer Rosa, but, I mean, it's a classic album, and, I mean, the th- the idea that I, at one point, didn't care for it is kind of strange, but I guess it just, you know, sometimes certain albums or certain bands, you have to hear them at a certain time of your life, or, you know, or in a certain frame of mind, because otherwise you can be pretty dismissive. Um, but I heard the, you know, I heard the Pixies that day. It was the, I knew it was pretty much the last thing I was I was saying to hear, and you know, I was pretty floored. So that's one of the good experiences. Um, 
and it was only the one day I didn't go to all three days or I think it might have been only two days then um, but I had gone to the Pitchfork Music Festival and that is that's also a mix was a, has been a mixed bag I've gone several years I went in 07 where uh, I mean there were only three bands playing or three acts playing that day and I was pretty excited for all of them uh, it was one of those things from like the what is it, all tomorrow's parties don't look back where bands play you know one album in its entirety and it was I mean the, the concept was amazing you had Slint playing Spiderland, uh, the Jizza from Wu Tang Clan doing his uh, Liquid Swords, and of course Sonic Youth doing you know Daydream Nation, which is like the alternative rock bible. So I'm pretty geared up for this, but you know they they had just terrible equipment, and I mean it didn't so much affect Slint. Or uh, or the Jizza so much, but when Sonic Youth came on, it was just it just sounded horrid, uh, and I and I actually didn't stay till the end. I waited from I think that I left after Total Trash. I don't know, but it was, uh, some I didn't. I mean, literally, I didn't. I missed. I think I maybe it was Candle. So I definitely didn't hear, you know, the big trilogy at the end of uh, of Daydream Nation, but I walked away just really disillusioned after that, and and uh, and I couldn't listen to Sonic Youth for a year. At the time, I was actually reading uh, a there are these great series of books called the thirty three and they're the thirty three and a third series, where they each concentrate on one album, the the history of it, the cultural impact, and and whatnot. I stopped reading that book. I buried it, uh, and it, and I didn't pick it up for for years. As a result, and it's a good book, but <laughs> I couldn't listen to Sonic Youth at all for a year. And, and one of my all-time favorite bands, and that and that festival had ruined them for me. So, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some some good acts there, uh, in general. Broken Social Scene, which I hear actually sounds like crap, usually live, were really good. Uh, I saw Pavement, who were, did not sound so good, and then I saw them a few months later uh, at a, a different venue, and they sounded much better. Uh, what else? I don't know. Generally, the, the thought of a festival and the waiting around for somebody good because, I mean, I while my tastes are really eclectic, I, I feel like I'm also becoming more restrictive, at least as far as how much I listen to, because it's just, there's too mu there's so much out there. And while I'm always searching for something, I, I dismiss things pretty quickly, too. But when I find something I like, you know, I don't let it go. You know, I look... I hear a band I like. I want to hear everything they've ever done, uh, and you know I listen. And then and, you know if they have a good uh, good track record, I stick with them for, and uh, you know until they have a, a string of uh, of just terrible <laughs> uh, efforts where I have to start wondering 
I mean, I feel like every band probably has, a, you know, a creative apex. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, some just last longer than others. And some acts, you know, go through stages where they, you know, they, uh, they're, they're good for a while, then they're terrible, then they're great again. Um, like R.E.M. Um, but, you know, let's see, did I really, uh... So I guess I, uh, what it comes down to is I've never really felt like I got my money's worth, so that's kind of why I sold the tickets to uh, to this Lollapalooza. There ha there are other, there's some great lineups. I was I was supposed to go to the Fun 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 Fest in Austin last year, and uh, they had, but I was really ill, and. Uh, they had Slayer, Danzig, I don't even remember. I just remember generally being a really good lineup. And then the and then the Danzig um, debacle happened where he didn't go on for until forty minutes into his set because he was complaining about stuff. That would have pissed me off uh, to no end. And then I, de I definitely would have said never again to festivals after that. So in a way, I'm kind of lucky that I didn't go because there's still the glimmer of hope. Maybe one day I will want to go back. Um, and there's there's some there's some good lineups out there. There's one in particular uh, still to come in September in New York. The the All Tomorrow's Parties. And they all they usually have pretty good lineups in general. This one has uh, Afghan Wigs. Godspeed You Black Emperor, Mark Lanigan Band, Leo Ronaldo from the now defunct Sonic Youth, Hot Snakes is uh, reuniting, Lightning Bolt, a uh, great new band called uh, I Break Horses from Sweden, and, um, and Auto Lux, whose first album is amazing, but their second album that came out, I think it was last year, was, was really disappointing. Um, but, you know, that's, again, sometimes that's just how it goes. Um, I think I answered that question pretty sufficiently. Yeah, what, ten minutes worth of answer there? Um, so her next question, do you have a funeral playlist? If so, what would be on it? Uh, I've actually had one for quite a long time. Uh, at one point, I'd actually come up with a three-CD set of what I wanted played at my funeral. Somebody pointed out to me, like, how long do you really think your funeral is going to be? And I guess that was a little humbling. Like, well, I think they should stay till the end, or at least stay till the, uh, till the uh, music's over. I plan on getting cremated anyway, so I guess it's not really going to be much of a much of a uh, thing to look at. Uh, but I did uh, come up with a Spotify playlist. I actually kind of loathe Spotify. Uh, I made the playlist, ordered it, you know, put it in the order that I wanted it to be in, um, and then accidentally hit you know one of the sort column things, you know, track or artist or whatever, and now I can't get my order back. There's no way I can just, um, you know, not have it in that order. 
it's really annoying. And now, you know, I tried to create a mood by doing it. Now it's just, it's lost. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pissed about that. But, you know, it was the only way I could think of that I could actually share the playlist. Uh, so on, on this, uh, on the website, you know, at the very bottom of the entry, I do have a, a link to the Spotify list. It's, I mean, it's, it's not just, you know, it's not a bunch of songs about death. And amazingly enough, it is not just a playlist of Danzig and Misfit songs. I really did think about doing that. Um, but that's, you know, hardly creative. So, I ha I mean, I have some... I, I, it's, it's, they're not a bunch of songs about death, like I said. Or, and a lot of them are, are, are songs that you know, just kind of mean something to me or songs that I just really like. Um, some are sad, um, like uh, Joy Division's Atmosphere. Uh, there's really, I mean, what's sadder than that song? Um, uh, song great, uh, the Besnard Lakes Casino Nanaimo, which is one of the greatest songs ever. And it's, you know, it's a five-year-old song. I, I mean, I have some newer songs on that like that. Um, the, uh, let's see, Vic Chesnut. Again, what's sadder than that dude? Guy killing himself on Christmas. And, uh, you know. And if you knew the rest of the story of Vic Chesnut, uh, you should, it, it's really pretty fascinating. Yeah, you can, this is a guy who kind of just, he made a bunch of records. I mean, he would, but it was, at, I mean, he didn't really seem to be, um, I don't know, it, it's kind of inspiring until he kind of killed himself. Uh, he was a guy who w was in a car accident. Uh, I think he was hit by a drunk driver and uh, ended up in a wheelchair and was and still, you know, wrote music and I guess eventually just, uh, I mean, you kind of thought he would have killed himself a lot, a lot earlier, based on some of some of his music. But you're like wondering if that was just his his form of therapy. Um, I mean, not, sure enough, what am I looking at next? I'm with uh, Elliot Smith, another another. You know, God, is there anyone? I mean, the Besnard Lakes are the only thing I mentioned where somebody didn't kill themselves. Just out of curiosity, is there anything else quite that morbid? A song from NXS, the song itself isn't isn't morbid, but you know, singer did hang himself. Uh, well, that looks like it, as far as you know, sad goes. At least as far as sad stories behind it. Uh, the aforementioned Pixies and Mark Lanigan on the list. Um, REM. Uh, some I just felt like, you know, I, I had to have on there because I respected their voices or, you know, them as artists, and I kind of wanted people to realize, you know, it's not just songs that meant something to me. I, I mean, things that didn't really fit that I put in there just because I like them as, as artists. Like, um, well, I put Generation X because I love Billy Idol, and, uh, and that song really doesn't fit any kind of mood at all. There's almost some dance, dancey things to this. Um, Michael Jackson, yeah, but yeah, it's there for 
Uh, it'll be up for everyone's perusal and or listening pleasure. And uh, if you so feel inclined, you can imagine me dead uh, while you listen to it. Mm. Yeah. Entirely up to you. Um, I'm going to take a, couple, a break from the music questions. Uh, or she's got two music questions. There's one more question that that Ms. G has to had to ask, and uh, gonna get to that after the this uh, music related topic that I wanted to get to. You don't call retarded people retards. It's bad taste. You call your friends retards when they're acting retarded. Everybody knows you never go full retard. Dustin Hoffman, Rain Man, look retarded, act retarded, not retarded. Count two picks, cheated cards, autistic, show, not retarded. You got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Slow, yes, retarded, maybe, braces on his leg, but he charmed the pants off next to him and he won a ping pong competition? That ain't retarded. He was a goddamn war hero. Right. You know any retarded war heroes? Never go for retard. That's right, kids. It's time for That's Retarded. Um, so, the uh, MTV VMA nominations were this week, was what I mean by vaguely music-related. And, you know, I, while I don't feel like, you know, you know overly qualified to uh, speak about certain nominees, like... Well, video of the year because I'm not even sure anymore where you can watch music videos. Uh, which, you know, larger point why does MTV have still have a video music awards when they don't show any videos? And if they wanted to have crappy reality television awards, then, you know, that makes perfect sense. Um, best new artist? Fun. I have no idea who the hell Carly Rae Jepsen is. But, you know, I guess the problem with this award is, is you know, partially the direction that popular music has taken uh, directly into the crapper. You know, nose diving, uh, full-on Olympic-style dive right into the crapper. Um, yeah, hip-hop video, whatever. Um, I guess I don't really have anything... Uh, particularly damning about that that category best rock video though I mean I know not a lot of bands are well there are still a good amount of bands that are doing videos Coldplay is that even rock Black Keys are okay Linkin Park does anybody really still listen to them and they shouldn't anyway because they're freaking awful um, Jack White can't stand him in any of his uh, iterations or bands. Imagine Dragons. Now, I listen to rock music. I have no idea who the hell Imagine Dragons is. Um, their video is called It's Time. Does that is that like the UFC theme song or something? 
as I, I actually did walk past Lollapalooza yesterday, and I could have sworn I heard Bruce Buffer, uh, you know, announcer of uh, ring announcer for UFC. He said a bunch of stuff. I'm like, is that Bruce Buffer? And then I um, I don't know where I just hear it's time. By the way. He's obviously the lesser buffer because it's time. I mean, how is that any? How is that even remotely as good as Let's Get Ready to Rumble? It's not. So whatever. But yeah, as I said, I listen to rock music, and you know, I found you know over the last year, just not really even trying five videos that I think are better nominees for. Uh, you know, for best, you know, rock video, uh, like The Darkness, Everybody Have a Good Time, Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks, Senator, which, uh, in case you don't know, Stephen Malkmus was the leader and primary songwriter of Pavement, uh, Primus, Lee Van Cleef, a cool little animated video, uh, Rammstein's Mineland, it's pretty ridiculous, and, uh, well, Tenacious D's Rise of the Phoenix. Sadly, two of these videos feature Jack Black, um, but, you know, I don't want to watch him in movies anymore, so, so maybe it's this reduced amount of time and space that I see him in that maybe that I'm okay with. But those videos, all pretty ridiculous, but all pretty fun, too. Um, and shouldn't it be about enjoyment? which is, you know, against everything that Coldplay stands for. Um, yeah, remember when there used to be multiple rock categories? They're just best rock. No. I mean, the, the term alternative was always kind of nebulous, but, I mean, it's not even there anymore. No metal. There are no metal bands that do videos anymore. I mean, aren't there plenty of videos with explosions and uh, I don't know demons walking around or something that you know, make it I'm sure there's enough to warrant a category I mean they have best electronic dance music video I don't get it uh, electronic dance music is beeps and it, it's, it's like space balls he's got the bleeps the sweeps and the creeps the that's electronic dance music to me. The only good dance music to me is My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult. And they're all songs about the devil and drugs and sex. So, you know, important issues. Um, but I guess, I mean, the rest is, uh, you know, art direction, choreography. Why I should need choreography in a video. Not necessarily everybody needs to be dancing. Visual effects, that's all well and good. Yeah, the visual effects, I'm wondering where the hell the Tenacious D nomination is because the entire video is just a bunch of green screen effects. Um, but the one that I really have an issue with, and somebody explained to me, and you feel free to comment, uh, best video with a message. What in the hell does that even mean? Now, 
I started I started with the I started watching the videos. I I watched the first nominee, Debbie Lovato Skyscraper. I can't find a message. I stopped halfway through because it's just her in a desert looking sad, angry at the camera, singing a bad song. So I was kinda I mean, I don't really know where that's going. Into video, it's a music video. Do they need messages? They can't all be like, you know, Jeremy or something. <sighs> They're promotional tools. I mean, yeah, leave it to Pearl Jam or somebody, you know, pompous and asinine to give to slap messages at you. I don't need pop stars. Yeah, you know, Kelly Clarkson, teach me about the world. I don't know who Kanan is. Conan. I don't know. Doesn't matter. And Lil Wayne is just irritating. Rise Against. I've had the opportunity to see them twice, and I didn't take either one. I sat in the lobby of whatever uh, of whatever venue it happened to be at just to avoid them because, eh, no interest. That's your that's your you know your big rock act on this. Uh, but but the best video with a message. They don't even get rock, best rock video. But yeah. Uh, so I mean, larger point. I mean, well, there's the you know, there there are these VMAs and, but in general, MTV, that's retarded. Uh, so that's so that's that's retarded. That's a, that's one I've been waiting to get off my chest for a while. I, I mean, that's the uh, that's the combo that's retarded and uh, and tipping sacred or, or you know tipping a sacred cow all in one you know throw her on throw it on MTV on the pile with Oprah and Paula Dean. So back to the the questions of the you know one left and. It says, if you were to write a screenplay with an ultimate fighting theme, which two comic book heroes would you have facing each other? Well, first off, despite what I just said about knowing who Bruce Buffer is and the fact that he is the ring announcer for uh, ultimate fighting, I'm, I'm really not that big a fan of it. I, I don't retain any of the names really. There's like five people that you know. Even though I, even though I go to, I see a lot of the events because my friends are really into it, and it's just kind of an excuse for me to just hang out and uh, and eat bad food um, and be a general nuisance. I don't really, I don't really get it. Well, I get it. I, I just don't know. I just don't care for it that much. I tr I keep trying to play up, you know, dramatic angles in my head to make things interesting. Like I have to make it. A, I have to make it pro wrestling. See, I'm not. I'm not interested in realness. Apparently, when it comes to this, I want it to be cartoony and idiotic. It's idiotic anyway, but it's not cartoony enough. Everybody takes it all very seriously. But, you know. 
just to just to deep well not debunk but refute that first part of the question. I would never write anything with an ultimate fighting theme, not intentionally, because I think about you know every you know people know I'm a I'm a Buffy fan and I watch all those shows. There was the Angel episode where he's captured and they have the underground you know demon fight club and he has to fight his way he refuses to fight and it's a whole thing and there was the i don't know which came first actually but there's a justice league episode where where mongol has war world and and uh and superman gets gets captured by mongol and he refuses to 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 kill people you know you can only end the fight when the other is dead and, you know, he just refuses to fight, and he's this whole Superman thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I've seen it. It's not terribly interesting. Um, so there. So no, no superhero uh, movie with ultimate fighting. My other question is, <laughs> why do people always need to see the heroes fight each other? Uh, I'm bringing back the Justice League. They, you know, they always have that, you know, little period where, well, I don't trust you, you're a dick, I don't agree with your methods, and they fight it out and walk away, and but then make up later and everything's great. Um, but that's it. It's not like it's this... There's not a, a lot of uh, lingering resentment and, and the need to... You know, for them to just duke it out with each other all the time. Uh, despite what Avengers may have looked like. But, you know, the Hulk is just a... He's a you know, bundle of emotion and rage. So, there's that. Um, however, I'm not just going to completely throw away this question. I'm going to reword it and say that what I would like, or if there was ever an ultimate, you know, ultimate fighting fight between two superheroes, you know, no screenplay, no, you know, it would, it would, you know, it's the realm of impossible because we're talking DC versus Marvel here. So I chose the two combatants who I think are the most powerful of their respective uh, companies. So for Marvel, it's uh, Ms. Marvel, or as she's known now, Captain Marvel. Not to be confused with Shazam, that dorky thing. Uh, so powers and abilities. Actually, you know what? I'll introduce the other one. Superman, naturally. So... Ms. Marvel can fly at about half the speed of sound. Uh, Superman flies also. Do believe he flies faster faster than that. They both have well. Ms. Marvel has enhanced strength and durability. Superman is super strength and healing. Uh, Ms. Marvel photon blasts from her hands, uh, so energy projection. Uh, skilled in hand-to-hand -hand combat since she was in the military uh, absorbs energy that enhances her strength and energy projection superman you know after the flight and the strength 
super speed, super hearing, heat vision, x-ray vision, arctic breath, oh, and there's that pesky being nearly invulnerable thing. However, you know, while he can take a beating, he has more weaknesses. Ms. Marvel cannot absorb magical energies without consequence. It's her only real known weakness. I mean, yeah, if you're real, if you're stronger than her, you can beat the ever-loving hell out of her. But magic, generally an issue. Superman also not big with the magic. That's why he actually takes a beating from the other Captain Marvel, Shazam. Even though Superman, by and large, is stronger, but Captain Marvel is, you know, all magic. Uh, Superman also... You know, he can't see through lead. I don't know how much that's really a weakness. But, uh, and of course, kryptonite. All the different shades and colors. So we go to, in, you know, actual ultimate fighting style, go to the tail of the tape. Strength. Edge goes to Superman. Speed. Edge goes to Superman. Intelligence. Even, uh, as, as much as, most people, and myself included, always kind of thought that Superman was kind of a dunderhead. He's common, or he's in a lot of people's, and um, a lot, and a lot of the the classic canon. He's you know shown to be above average intelligence for for a human, or uh, or you know then humans, I suppose. And but uh, and Ms. Marvel is. You know, skilled in espionage, so she's she's obviously very intelligent as well. As well, so I just kind of called that a wash. Superpowers, Edge goes to Superman. The only thing Ms. Marvel has an advantage in is her fighting skill because she actually learned how to fight before she had her powers. So, you know, if if all if all fights were fought on paper like this, then. You know, there would be no point in even doing it. But you don't win on paper. So, strategy, you know, no, neither one of them wants anything to do with magic. It's, it's all one common weakness that they, have, that they share. Um, I mean, Ms. Marvel could show up in a lead suit, but it doesn't actually hurt Superman, so what will be the point? The only thing is, is she's kind of hot, so he, I mean, he uses his x-ray vision to look at her boobs or something, and the lead would at least shield her boobs. But something tells me she would want to distract him with her boobs, even though it's not, um, you know, it's not very uh, dignified. Um, they can't fly out of the octagon, you know, out of the ring. So, throw flight out. Super hearing, kind of useless. So, Superman, and you can look at some of this. Like, I don't really, like the x-ray vision, I mean, heat vision, obviously. Heat vision would be a bad idea because that heat is an energy. Ms. Marvel can absorb the energy. Um, the arctic breath thing, that could work. Uh, I mean, he could freeze her in place and then just pummel the hell out of her. Um, so, I don't, maybe that's not the best way to go. Or maybe that's the way to go for Superman. But, 
Ms. Marvel, you know, the military training, she would have gone in. Superman's always been kind of, you know, he goes into battle, doesn't really give himself any sort of built-in advantage because he's Superman. He just figures he just has to show up. Ms. Marvel, she uh, she's probably more prone to preparation. So knowing she would have to fight Superman, and she with using her uh, energy absorption ability would procure some uh, kryptonite, absorb the kryptonite, and then uh, and then unleash you know either photon blasts or whatever of of kryptonite onto Superman, weakening him, and then uh, and then beating him to submission. Probably not submission. Superman wouldn't really give up, but but knocking him out. So there, uh, perfectly fair question, and uh, there is my uber scientific answer. Um, well, see, that was awesome because that was a whole whopping three questions. So therefore, shortest podcast ever. Um, uh, yeah, that's really all I gotta say. So, what I'm going to do is, uh, you know, I mentioned I had the funeral playlist, you know, kind of morbid, whatever, but I'd like to think at least good music just to listen to. Uh, I wouldn't do it, like, while you're driving, necessarily, it's kind of a downer, or, uh, or during a, uh, you know, during a workout or something, because it's, it's bound to be pretty defeating. Um, I'm not going to get all psyched up for, oh, here comes the treadmill. Oh, oh Joy Division. Uh, I forget it. Why do I even bother? But uh, what I'm going to leave you with is, and I uh, I just got the promo copy from uh, from Pathetic Records. Not pathetic. Bathetic. I don't know if that's a word. But nonetheless, um, the uh, the great... Uh, Chicago folk artist uh, Angel Olson, who, um, oh, no, I've never met, oh, hell, we don't really talk music on this show until today. So uh, I, her EP, Strange Cacti, came out last year, and it's just, it's just heartbreakingly, you know, beautiful. And, I mean, it was, it was my favorite EP last year, and she just released a, or not just released, it's forthcoming, do you believe, in uh, September. Um, don't know exactly when, but uh, yeah, it, her, fir- her first LP, I mean, she's worked with uh, Bonnie Prince Billy, and, uh, and, you know, she's the highlight of every, of every release that she's on. And uh, so I'm going to leave you with, you know, it's a little bit of a downer, but let's face it, this uh, podcast was kind of a downer. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, a track from her forthcoming album, Halfway Home. Not halfway home, like she doesn't belong in a halfway home, but, you know, you're going home, you're halfway, halfway home. Uh, This is Angel Olsen with Free. After all the things we've seen 
Can only reach him in my mind 